All right, grade fourth, we are on episode 55. We are still telling the story from Julian's perspective. He is visiting his grandmother in Paris, but it is his grandma talking right now, uh, Grandmere, and she is talking about um, a boy who helped save her, and his name is Tortu. So on with the story. This chapter is called Tortu. So Grandmere was silent for a few seconds. She was looking into the air like she could see it all happening again right in front of her. Now I understood why she had never talked about this before. It was too hard for her. Tortue's family hid me for two years in that barn, she continued slowly. Even though it was so dangerous for them, we were literally surrounded by Germans, and the French police had a very large headquarters in Danvers. But every day I thanked my maker for the barn that was my home and the food that Tortue managed to bring me, even then there, when there was hardly any food to go around. People were starving in those days, Julian and yet they fed me. It was a kindness that I will never forget. It is always brave to be kind, but in those days, such kindness could cost you your, your life. Gremier started to get teary-eyed at this point. She took my hand. The last time I saw Tortu was two months before the liberation. He had brought me some soup. It wasn't even soup. It was water with a little bit of bread and onions in it. We had both lost so much weight. I was in rags, so much for my pretty clothes. Even so, we managed to laugh, Tortu and I. We laughed about things that happened in our school, even though I could not go there anymore, of course. Tortu still went every day. At night, he would tell me everything he had learned so that I would stay smart. He would tell me about all my old friends, too, and how they were doing. They all still ignored him, of course. And he never revealed to any of them that I was still alive. No one could know. No one could be trusted. But Tortu was an excellent narrator, and he made me laugh a lot. He could do wonderful imitations, and he even had funny nicknames for all my friends. Imagine that. Tortu was making fun of them. I had no idea you were so mischievous, I told him. All those years, you were probably laughing at me behind my back, too. Laughing at you, he said, never. I had a crush on you. I never laughed at you. Besides, I only laughed at the kids who made fun of me. You never made fun of me. You simply ignored me. I called you Tortu. And so everyone called me that. I really don't mind. I like crabs. Oh, Tortu, I am so ashamed, I answered, and I remember I covered my face with both my hands. At this point, Grandmere covered her face with her hands. Although her fingers were bent with arthritis now and I could see her veins, I pictured her young hands covering her young face so many years ago. Tortu took my hands with his own hands. She continued slowly removing her hands from her face, and he held my hands for a few seconds. I was 14 years old then, and I had never kissed a boy, but he kissed me that day, Julian. Grandmere closed her eyes. She took a deep breath. After he kissed me, I said to him, I don't want to call you Tortu anymore. What is your name? Grandmere opened her eyes and looked at me. Can you guess what it is? She asked. I raised my eyebrows as if to say, no, how would I know? Then she closed her eyes again and she smiled. He said, my name is Julian. All right, next chapter, Julian. Oh my God, I cried. That's why you named dad Julian? Even though everyone called him Jules, this was my dad's real name, Julian. We, oui, she said, nodding. And I'm named after dad, I said. So I'm named after this kid? That's so cool. She smiled and ran her fingers through my hair, but she didn't say anything. Then I remembered her saying, the last time I saw Tortu. So what happened to him, I asked, to Julian? Almost instantaneously, tears rolled down her cheeks. The Germans took him, she said, that same day. He was on his way to school. They were making another sweep of the village that morning. 
By now, Germany was losing the war, and they knew it. But I said he wasn't even Jewish. They took him because he was crippled, she said between sobs. I'm sorry. I know you told me that word is a bad word, but I don't know another word in English. He was an invalid? That is the word in French, and that is why they took him. He was not perfect. She practically spat out the word. They took all of the imperfects from the village that day. It was a purge. The gypsies, the shoemaker's son, who was simple, and Julian, my tortue. They put him in a cart with the others, and then he was put on a train to Drancy, and from there to Auschwitz, like my mother. We heard later from someone who saw him there that they sent him to the gas chambers right away. Just like that, poof, he was gone, my savior, my little Julian. She stopped to wipe her eyes with a handkerchief and then drank the rest of the wine. His parents were devastated, of course. Monsieur Balmer and Madame Balmer, she continued. We didn't find out he was dead until after the liberation, but we knew, oh, we knew, she dabbed her eyes. I lived with them for another year after the war. They treated me like a daughter. They were the ones who helped track down Papa, although it took some time to find him. So much chaos in those days. When Papa finally was able to return to Paris, I went to live with him, but I always visited the Beaumiers, even though they were old. I never forgot the kindness they showed me. She sighed. She had finished her story. Grandmere, I said after a few minutes, that's like the saddest thing I've ever heard. I didn't even know you were in the war. I mean, Dad's never talked about any of this. She shrugged. I think it's very possible that I never told your father this story, she said. I don't like to talk about sad things, you know. In some ways, I'm still the frivolous girl I used to be. But when I heard you talking about that little boy in your school, I could not help but think of her too, of how afraid I had once been of him, of how badly we had treated him because of his deformity. Those children had been so mean to him, Julian. It breaks my heart to think of it. When she said that, I don't know, something just really broke inside of me, completely unexpected. I looked down, and all of a sudden, I started to cry. And when I say I started to cry, I don't mean a few tears rolling down my cheeks. I mean the full-scale snot-flying crying. Julian, she said softly. I shook my head and covered my face with my hands. I was terrible, Grandmere, I whispered. I was so mean to Augie. I'm so sorry, Grandmere. Julian, she said, look at me. No, look at me. She took my face in her hands and forced me to look at her. I felt so embarrassed. I really couldn't look her in the eyes. Suddenly, that word that Mr. Tushman had used, that word that everyone kept trying to force on me, came to me like a shout. Remorse. Yeah, there it was. The word in all of its glory. Remorse. I was shaking with remorse. I was crying with remorse. And remorse is like regret. Feeling bad for what you did. Julian said, Grandmere, we all make mistakes. No, you don't understand, I answered. It wasn't just one mistake. I was those kids who were mean to Tortu. I was the bully, Grandmere. It was me. She nodded. I called him a freak. I laughed behind his back. I left mean notes, I screamed. Mom kept making excuses for why I did that stuff, but there wasn't any excuse. I just did it, and I don't even know why. I don't even know. I was crying so hard I couldn't even speak. Grandmere stroked my head and hugged me. Julian, she said softly, you are so young. The things you did, you know they were not right. But that does not mean you are not capable of doing right. It only means that you choose to do wrong. This is what I mean when I say you made a mistake. It was the same with me. I made a mistake with Tortu. But the good thing about life, Julian, she continued, is that we can fix our mistakes sometimes. We learn from them. We get better. 
I never made a mistake like the one I made with Tortu again, not with anyone in my life. And I have had a very, very long life. You will learn from your mistake too. You must promise yourself that you will never behave like that with anyone else again. One mistake does not define you, Julian. Do you understand me? You must simply act better next time. I nodded, but I still cried for a long, long time after that. All right, to be continued. <laughs>